Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. I'm going to ask us all to stand right now, and I'm going to preach to you what God gave me for today. Um, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, we use it a lot when we describe the Holy Ghost. It's like fire shut up in my bones. But that's not describing the Holy Ghost, if you know the word. It's describing the word of God in the prophet that was fighting to not speak about things. He says, I have this word in me. It's it's just, it's just, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And I, it's just, it's an uncomfortable feeling. So I say that to you today that that's, I feel that way. I feel uh, leading up to today, I felt uncomfortable because I knew I can't wait to get this out. And I know that, I know that God's in the word. I'm excited. I'm, I'm challenging us to have a little bit of a different Easter today. And so I want to read to you the very first sermon preached after the events of the first Easter. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. This is the sermon and this is Peter speaking it. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. It shall come to the pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. As ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken... And by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I will I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, Being a prophet, David being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. 
He's seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heaven, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Today, I don't have an Easter title for you. I don't have a title that really jumps out at you and says, that felt good. I have a title that is very difficult. And it's hard to say, not because it's a Greek word, not because it's some other language. It's because it's a difficult phrase to say and to utter out of my mouth. My title today is, I Hate Jesus. I Hate Jesus. And I, I'm going to ask you to say that title with me. Would you say that title with me? I hate Jesus. Now, I know some of you, I didn't get out 100% participation. And I know why. It's because it's kind of like spiritual muscle memory. It's hard to say that. It goes against this grain. It goes against what I know and goes against who I love. But I want to tell you today, I'm going to work on you. I want to bring a truth to you that God has shown me and God's delivered to me for this very hour. And I want to pray before we get into it because I need you to understand. We're going to try. We're going to work against this. I don't know if you know anything about muscle memory. I, I like to try to play sports. And uh, I, uh, growing up, I did a lot of baseball swinging in my life. And so I took up golf later. And when I did, I had that baseball swing. And it doesn't translate the same. <laughs> And all my, all my balls that I would hit would just go nowhere where I wanted them to go. And someone explained to me a, a very vital, important thing, that your muscle has memory. That there's something that's ingrained in your body, that it won't, it, it won't change unless you continually change it. Unless you force your muscles into something. So I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to get you to be more and more comfortable with this phrase by the end of this service. Because we're going to have to unbrace this and understand what it means for us today. I ask you to bow your heads with me if you could. God help us. I pray help us, Lord, hear your word. Help us understand what you have for us today. God, this is more than just a normal Sunday. God, the house is full of people who chose to be here today. I believe that, Lord, you had it just planned out perfectly, that that upper room would empty out into streets where, where, where there was a full intersection of people of all ears and all understanding and all, all background and all cultures, God. And they heard, they heard that word for the first time. I, I don't think it's happenstance that we feel the same way today. There are people in this room, God, who need to hear this word, that need to hear this direction. I pray, help me your preacher today. God, help me, God, get this word out of my bones. Help me to preach it the way, God, you gave it to me. Strengthen me today. Help us together. In your name I pray. Will you say his name with me? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hate. That word hate is a strong word. 
It's a word that a lot of times, maybe your mama said it this way, maybe my mama said it this time, any time I was growing up, and I would say something, I hate that kid, I, I hate that, that friend of mine. Mom would speak up and say, don't you use that word hate. How many of you had a mama like that? Don't use that word hate. Don't, don't say it like that. Don't say that word because it's, it's hard to get rid of once you start saying it. But there is truly no better word, if I could tell you that, that describes how we truly feel, truly feel right. about him. Right. Say it with me again one more time. I hate Jesus. Jesus prefers that we're honest with ourselves. He desires us to be clear with ourselves and transparent. Jesus can't stand any fakes, phonies, any facades. He hates a hypocrite. He can't stand when someone isn't who they truly are. God will speak to this particular church in Revelation and say this in Revelations 3 and 15, the Laodicean church. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that were, thou were cold or hot. I wish you were one or the other. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. See, you see, he's understanding here. He sees our works. He, he sees who we truly are. A lot of us here think we're really hot. A lot of us think we're really hot for Jesus, but he knows our works. It's interesting that... It's not, I know your temperature, I know your works. And I want us to get this right here. You may think you're hot, but your works say otherwise. I see Jesus dishes out eight woes against the religious folk, the scribes and the Pharisees in Matthew 23. He will call them to their faces hypocrites. He will call them blind guides. He will mention them as serpents. He will put them together in one grouping and call them a generation of vipers. I want us to understand today he hates the hypocrite. He hates the phonies. He hates the facades that we put up. And so I want us to grip something today that it's not about, again, pastel colors. That it ain't about bright flowers this Sunday. It isn't about those wonderful things that we have laying in baskets at home, those chocolates and all those Easter-esque type, type fanfare. No, I want us to be real today. I want us to be absolutely transparent today. I'm not trying to bring you today a message that just soothes your ears. I'm trying to crush your heart today. My goal as this preacher today, this pastor, this man of God I'm trying to be is to destroy your idea of what you think of Jesus. Now I want us to get this because Jesus knows our heart. He will say this to Samuel in 1 Samuel 6, and he will make this point to, to him. He says, you know what? The Lord doesn't see as man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Galatians 6 and 7 will say this Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man for whatsoever a man soweth shall he also reap. Another version of this says it this way If you think you can fool God, you are only fooling yourselves. He knows if you love him, and he knows if you hate him. Somebody say it again with me. I hate Jesus. We got to get this into our system here because I know it goes against our verbiage and it goes against what my body wants to say, but I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you to understand who we truly are. 
Because we have over time sanded down the edges of that word hate into many different things or phrases. We'll say stuff like, I don't prefer. For instance, you'll say it this way. I don't prefer this style of preaching. I don't prefer going to this church. I don't prefer this type of word that he's delivering. We'll say stuff like, that's not my favorite. It's not my favorite worship song. It's not my favorite. That's not my favorite style or tempo. That's just, that's not my favorite preacher up there. He's not my favorite color. Okay. We'll say stuff like, I don't care for it. We'll use it in sentences like, I don't care for all this loud praise. I don't care for this type of exuberant worship. I, I don't care for this type of song selection. I don't care for what's happening here today. A lot of times we'll use a different phrase as I'd rather. I'd rather stay at home on, on a Sunday and, and just work on my own salvation. I'd rather, I'd rather just grow in God just on my own. I don't need leadership. I don't need a shepherd in my life. I don't, I don't need an assembly to gather with. I'd rather, I'd rather just isolate myself and, and just be here by myself. I'd, or I'd, I'd, I'd rather not go to that prayer meeting. I'd rather just, here's another one. I'd rather just sit in my seat and pray. You see, these are different phrases, but I'm going to tell you what it all means. It means hate. But I'm here, I'm trying to do my best to echo the word of God. For instance, 1 Corinthians 3.18 will say this, Let no man deceive himself. 1 John 1 and 8 says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We need to stop lying to ourselves. We, we redefine the word hate, and in so doing, we redefine the word love. I want us to get this. Why did we do this? Is because our flesh, our nature, our humanity is seeking for middle ground. When Christ says to do, we say, well, do I have to do it all? When God pricks our heart to come and to, to walk up to an altar, what do we settle for? Halfway. Always trying to find some middle ground with God as though he can meet us there, but he's calling us to come. He's calling us to come the full distance. And we need to understand today, he's not changing his tune. He's not changing his tone. He's not changing his word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want you to understand that Christ has no middle ground with us. And he expects the same treatment. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 12 and 30. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Now I'll give you some real understanding of that scripture if you've ever watched a two-year-old. Take out some blocks. Let that two-year-old play. But at the end of that time, and you say it's time to gather it up, what does that two-year-old do? Scatters abroad. Why? 
because he's not with you. He's against you. The same, the same is with us spiritually. We have to stop believing there's a middle ground with God. We have to stop buying this fact that just me gracing the doors of Ephesus Church is my salvation ticket to heaven. That me coming on this Easter Sunday that I can check a box or punch a paper that that's enough, that that's all I gotta do. But I want us to understand that's all nothing but hate if I don't live it accordingly. Would you say that phrase with me? I hate Jesus. In 1992, author Gary Chapman wrote a book that would change the paradigm of how couples seek couple therapy. They would read this book and learn how to communicate with each other by understanding their love language. How many of you know that book? How many of you know what your love language is? Let me ask you this. Any words of affirmation in here? And no. No, no words of affirmation. How about acts of service? Anyone in acts of service? Okay. All right. P take note. Take note. It's how you love these individuals. Serve them. How about receiving gifts? Oh, I like that in the back. Totally get that. Totally get that. My, my kids need to raise their hand right now. They don't understand. How about quality time? Quality time. I like that. All right. How about physical touch? Where's my wife at? Is my wife here? There she is. This might, this might be how we're kind of directed to learn how to communicate with each other that love. But Christ really has one type of love language. He's so clear in scripture when he says it in John 14 and 15. He says it, if ye love me, keep my commandments <laughs> I appreciate the words of affirmation I, I appreciate the quality time the physical touch I, I appreciate all those other ones but I, I would just want you to keep my commandments because that's, that's what I equate as love if you really love me then keep my commandments scripture will say 51 times this phrase I command I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to throw, throw a few of them out. Genesis 27 and 8 says we, should, we are commanded to obey his voice. Yeah. That whole chapter, Exodus 20, will throw out ten commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not know their God before me. Thou shalt not make gods or worship them. Thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain. Thou shalt keep the Sabbath day holy. Shalt honor thy father, thy mother. No murder, no adultery, no stealing. Thou shalt not give false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. These are the commands we've heard before all growing up through Sunday school. Deuteronomy 4 and 2. Don't add or take away from this word. That's a command. We heard a great word today, great teaching about what a thief will do. Deuteronomy 12 and 11, bring all your offering to him, all the tithe, all the first fruits, all those things we're commanded to give it to God. Deuteronomy 13 and 18, do to do right in the eyes of the Lord. We're commanded just to do right. <laughs> do you know that? You're commanded just do right. <laughs> 
What does that mean? That means that moment where no one's watching you, where no one's paying attention to your character. No one's going to watch me cheat on my taxes. No one's going to see me claim this, this thing on my records. No one's going to. We're commanded to do right. Deuteronomy 15.11. We're commanded to take care of the poor. Let me read Deuteronomy 30 and 16. I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Wow, that's a powerful commandment with an attachment of blessings. Amen? A lawyer will come up to Jesus and say, which is the greatest of the commandments? He says that in Matthew 22 and 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two, get this, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Can I just say this? You don't have to have a great memory. You don't have to sit down and just look at Exodus chapter 20 and say, I've got to memorize this from cover to cover, and I've got to know the Ten Commandments by word by word. If you can just understand, if I can love them with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind, if I can get this in this body and understand that I've got to love you like I love myself, that's all I need to do. Why? Because when I understand that I love him with everything, I have no problem being obedient to his voice. I have no problem obeying the other commandments. I've got no problem keeping the word, the word, and not adding to it or taking away from it. I've got no issues with doing right in the eyes of the Lord. When I love somebody else like I love myself, I've got no problem taking care of those less fortunate than myself. But I'm here to tell you that these things, when we don't follow through, when we don't truly o- obey, when we don't obey those commandments, it's not love to him. It is hate. Someone say that with me again. I hate Jesus. Why? Doesn't that churn your stomach? <laughs> It's all right. I'll get you there. Because here's what I want to tell you today. The hate is a choice. It's an absolute choice. Jesus makes it more clear in Matthew 6 and 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't choose this one or the other and still have love for both. Anytime we choose to serve anything else than God, it is a clear choice of hate. And I want us to understand why it's such a clear choice of hate. Here's something that you need to grip and grasp today. Let me take you to the word to explain. This is the spirit speaking in Isaiah 40. Verse 12. Who hath measured... (laughs) 
The waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with his span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighted the mountains in, in scales and the hills in the balance. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding? These are questions. Who did this for the Lord? Jumping to verse 18 of that chapter, he says this, To whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? Jumping to 25, To whom then will ye liken me? Or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. Isaiah 44 and 6 says this, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Isaiah 45 and 5, he says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. So what am I trying to get to here? The point I'm trying to make is there is no equal to God. There is no other option beside God. He alone is by himself. He's by himself on his left and on his right. There's no one in front of him or behind him. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's by himself. He did it all himself. There's no one. He looked. He checked. There is no equivalent. That's why when you choose anything else but, but, but God you are choosing something that has no equal you're choosing something so low so subpar so ugly so distant from who he is that's why it's hate to him that you would rather this is not, a, let me tell you what this is not a debate of whether Crest or Colgate or Tide or Gain or Jif or Peanut or Peanut Peter Pan. We we all know it's Peter Pan, but we you get what I'm saying here. This is not this is not that you're perusing down the grocery store and say, should I have Wonder Bread or that other bread that I can't think of right now? Holy. Holy. Nature's Valley. Come on. Y'all help me out, bread people. Preacher the preacher today. That's, that's not what we're, we're choosing here. It's not Coke and I'm not even going to say that other ugly stuff. <laughs> this is kind of like that. Maybe this is more like that. If we're going to have an altar call for all the Pepsi drinkers after church. <laughs> it's hate. Because it's so, the vast choice is so different. It's so unequal, so uneven, so dissimilar, unequivalent, unmatched, so subpar in every way that that's why it's hate unto him. I'm here to tell you, it matters what you choose. Someone say that with me. I hate Jesus. When we've chosen hate, then we act upon it. Hate has an action. When we love someone, we also act upon it. The actions of love, they're different. I'm glad my wife's in the house today. I won't have to do this to you, Brother Matt. When you, when you love somebody, okay, you, you draw, you're drawn to them. You're drawn to them. I'll scoot over. When you want to sit by them, 
<laughs> you can put your arm around them. <laughs> when you love someone, you, you want to hug on them. <laughs> Can't get out of it now. <laughs> when you love someone, you want to whisper in there. No. Stress looks good. <laughs> Looks like all your other flowery dresses. <laughs> when you love someone, you want to be with them all the time. You care about them every day. You want to know what they want. You want to know what they care for. You want to know what they don't like, and you don't want to do what they don't like. You, you, you love them. You know what the best part? When you love someone, you try to kiss on them. <laughs> Sometimes it kiss you back. All right. But when you hate, when you hate someone, you discard from them. You you ridicule them. You mock them. When you hate someone, you you don't even want to talk with them anymore. When you hate someone, you gossip about them behind their back. When you hate someone, you don't want to even be associated with them anymore. When you hate them, it looks so different, so opposite to love. You just, you don't want to be around them at all anymore. You, 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 you don't even want to be in the same room with them anymore. You, you hide from them when you hate them. When you hate them, you begin to attack them and attack their character. Finally, when you really hate them, you crucify them. Here's some things that the hate that Jesus experienced. It looked like this. Being wrongfully arrested. Being pulled into a kangaroo courtroom and being mocked and ridiculed and spat upon and laughed at and nobody was willing to scream up and be a witness and say that isn't the man that you're you're accusing him of to be. He was misrepresented in every single way. Didn't have a great lawyer. Didn't have someone in his corner. Didn't have someone willing to stand up in front of him and say, no, not this man, not today. He was wrongfully tried. He was put up on a platform. And the choice that they had next to him was so vastly different. A man who was a notable murderer. A guy who was a thief, a killer, a stealer, well known in the area. He was the other choice. Isn't that exactly what I talked about? A choice so vastly different. And yet the people all screamed out, give us Barabbas. And then, even though he committed no crime, the judgment came at the sound of the cry of the, of the people, crucify him. Yeah, right. He was stripped of his garments. He was taken in, a, in another room, completely nude, shamed in every way, absolutely beaten, slapped, punched, kicked. They took a thorn, this crown of thorns, and thrusted it on his head, piercing his skull, blood dripping down him, and there they all laughed at him as some kind of king off a throne. Scourged, mocked, 
Then they throw a, a cross on him and kick him out the door and make him try to carry it the whole way up Golgotha's hill. What's crazy is that not only did they put him on the cross, piercing him in his hands and in his feet, they hang him up, but who they hang him up in between? They hang him up between thieves. Liking him to be some thief. Liking him to be some reprobate. Liking him to be some type of killer or murderer. Oh, laughing and spat on him. They would put a sign on their king of the Jews. Down by his feet, soldiers would cast lots and gamble just for his cloak. When every last bit of strength, every last bit of breath comes out of that body, they will take a spear and puncture him in his side. This is what hate looks like. Yeah. That's hate. Hate has an action. Hate crucifies on a cross. Crucifixion is exactly what hate looks like. And I'm trying my best today to echo to you from the very first message that preached there by Peter on that day of Pentecost when he will say this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. He will say this, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that saying Jesus whom ye have hated, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And let me say it a little more clear for today and put it in today's vernacular and verbatim. Let all the house of Ephesus know. Let all of us know here that this house, these people that I'm preaching to, I'm with you in the same room. We've all committed this action, this atrocity. Let all the house of Ephesus know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have hated, both Lord and Christ. Quit telling me you love him. When you don't keep his commandments. Quit telling me you love him with watered down faithfulness. Quit telling me you love him by just grace in the church for the first time all year. Quit time. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings today. I'll see you next year if we have a next year. I'm going to tell you right now. I made this point to my to my friend over here, and I'm, I pray Holy Ghost help me today, because I told her I want to be an honest pastor. Yes. Right. Uh, there was a lot of there's a lot of social media out there with all pastors getting on there saying, "Hey, right. hey, buddy, right. hey there, pal." Hey, we're going to have an egg drop from an airplane. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and we're going to, the bunny will be there. And all these fun things for the family. All these wonderful things. And then someone steps in. And then our pastor, he's going to preach an encouraging, uplifting message. <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> I'm here with this fire 
shut up in my bones and saying me don't you tell them a message that encourages them don't tell them another lie that it's going to be okay this year that your relationship that you've been giving God all every single day this half-baked type of love this type of middle ground walk with God is what you need to hear you don't need to hear that you need to hear this you don't love Jesus you hate Jesus you haven't kept some of his commandments some of you have done some atrocities last night some of you have did some ugly things on a Saturday and you come in on a Sunday and expect his love to be poured out I'm here to tell you if this doesn't bring you back I'm so sorry but I'm telling you I can't get away from preaching a truth to you today that you don't we don't I'm in the same book I'm in this with you we don't love Jesus we hate Jesus we hate him how do I know that because he knows our works he sees our works you're neither hot nor cold God your choice is so so ugly and so wrong you've chosen the ugly things you've chosen the temporal things you're you're not looking at the eternal you're not looking at the great God who he is and who we serve well the sooner I want us to get this the sooner we embrace how we truly feel about Jesus the sooner we can live out the rest of scripture If I could get it, if I could be honest with myself today and say, oh, you're right, man of God. I haven't been loving him. I haven't been treating him with all my heart and all my soul and all my I haven't been giving my best to him. I, I haven't been faithful. I haven't been obedient. I haven't been right. I, I've been wrong in my God. I've been wrong to think I can do this on my own if we can understand every action of this obedience every wrong we do every sin we do it's our it's our jeering at his crucifixion it is us performing an action an action to crucify him you are just as guilty as the one who nailed him to a cross get this today I pray, I pray a spirit of conviction come and sweep into this beautiful Easter Sunday. I pray, oh my God, I, 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 gra- I gathered my family before service and I said, let's, let's get in, let's take our picture out there. Let's get our picture out of the way. I did that on purpose because I didn't want to look like this. <laughs> I don't want protocol. I don't want the prestige of the day to take away from the fact that I've got some repenting to do. Because the word of God, if we live by the word of God, if we embrace who we really are, if we understand, if anybody, if you could, will you say that with me again? I hate Jesus. Still are saying it weekly because you still don't believe it. It's okay. Here's what happens to those who believe the truth. Acts 2.37 Now when they heard this, 
They were pricked in their heart. And he said, Peter, and it's the others, what shall we do? Peter will say, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm here to tell you. Now, here's some of you might be thinking in the back of my mind, why is this? That says, sounds kind of like a Good Friday sermon more than an Easter sermon. No, no. Let me explain how it fits today. Because you receiving this word today will absolutely participate in the resurrection of Christ. If you will die to yourself, if you will be buried in the name of Jesus, if you will rise up and say, God, I need your spirit in me. You will. You will live again. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Oh, I wish I had someone in the house today that was transparent with themselves. Be not deceived. Come on. God is not mocked. Oh, if you could be honest with yourself and say, God, it's me he's talking about. I crucified you. I hated you. I, I should have been more faithful to your house. I, I should have been more faithful to your word. I should have been more honest with myself today. Oh. Oh. Hallelujah. We all need to pray. Pray for forgiveness today. Forgive me for not keeping your commandments. Forgive me for not loving you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. Forgive me for watered-down commitment. Forgive me for weak faithfulness. Forgive me for blatant disobedience. God, forgive me for not loving my neighbor as myself and turning a blind eye to need. Forgive me for saying hate phrases. Hate phrases, hate speech, like I don't prefer. Not my favorite. I don't care for. I'd rather. Forgive me for hating you, Jesus. My God. I have spirits in here so strong. I'm trying, God. I'm trying. You're wrong, sinner. You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay? There's nothing right about you. You're wrong. You're in your wrong. I don't care how you want to play it. If you don't live by this word, by the letter, you're wrong. You're wrong. You can't, you can't go trade it in for another translation so it fits your narrative of life. You can't do that. You have to understand the word is the word. If you're not obedient, if you don't keep his commandments, you don't love him. It's not a middle ground. These altars are open. And it's begging for someone to make an altar of repentance. It's calling for someone who's convicted in their heart, pricked in their soul, to say, this is where I belong. I belong in a place where I, I bear my, my iniquities. 
I bear my wrongs. <laughs> Jesus already did it for every humanity. It's time for us to be honest. It's time for us to, to say, you know what? Oh, word, it doesn't lie. I've committed some things. Yeah. Hallelujah. <sighs> Come on. If you haven't repented, if you didn't repent yesterday, if you didn't die daily, you need to find a you need to find the ground today. You need to die to self. Oh my God, prick us, God. I've hated you when I thought I've loved you. When I thought, oh, I loved you, coming to two services in the week. Oh, I thought that was actions of love. I, oh, I thought, oh, that watered down commitment. I thought it was actions of love. No, it's hate. Say it to yourself. Be honest with yourself. I hate Jesus. The sooner, the sooner you take it in, the sooner you embrace it, the sooner you allow it to, to touch your heart. Come on. God has resurrection power for you. God, hallelujah. Oh, all across this church. Come on. Let's repent together. Let's repent as a body. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us for crucifying our Savior. Forgive us. Oh, for every misdeed. Forgive us for doing wrong when we should have done right. Forgive us, oh God, for making excuses, for manipulating your word. Forgive us. Forgive us. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it, church. Come on. All across this place. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. I know. Go against your muscles. Go against your spiritual muscle memory. But be honest with him. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 